Welcome to the Midlife CEO Podcast, where business coach and strategist Jeannie Spiro teaches you how to take your coaching business to six figures and beyond at Midlife. Join Jeannie and her guests as they reveal their best kept secrets to creating a thriving six or seven figure lifestyle based business. And now, Jeannie Spiro. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of the Midlife CEO Podcast. I have really been back in a groove over here and loving being behind the microphone because not only am I getting a chance to like express myself again this year, but I'm also getting to introduce a lot of people to a lot of amazing women that I've connected to over the years. Today, I'm going to be going deeper into a conversation with a woman I met at a conference in 2019. And Melissa and I, I don't even know if we knew each other before, but I had gone to a copywriting workshop and I was in a room, I'm a business coach and I'm in a room with, I don't know, maybe a hundred copywriters and maybe some other people who are non-copywriters. And I'm thinking, this is an amazing experience because most of the time I'm in the room with other people who are coaches and I was learning so much from all the other women. And Melissa and I connected at that event. I remember you being there. And I remember us talking after the event, and I always thought, how can we talk more about your zone of genius and what's a good way for us to do it? So today, we're getting a chance to do that. My guest is Melissa Berkheimer. She is, gosh, you are, uh, you have so many crafts. You are a podcast host. You are a designer you and I met, I think, I don't even know what brought you to that event at the time, but I'm going to give a little introduction um, and dive in. Like, Melissa, tell me a little bit, like what brought you to that event that year? Um, Sage brought me to that event. Uh, Sage, who was one of the co-hosts of the event, and I was one of the guest mentors at the event. Um, So I think that Sage and Tarzan were both in um, peer masterminds and they had invited um, like I'm, I've known Sage since like B school 2013 ish. And okay. of like five or so years ago, I don't know, remember, maybe it was probably more like seven years ago. I was like, Hey, let's start a peer mastermind. And so she and I both invited two women and I have done this before and it's worked out really well, um, to like be a part of a, a peer mastermind, but how I actually first started getting closer with Sage was I was designing sales pages for people. Um, this is back in like 2012, 2013. Um, when like there weren't a lot of online celebrities, I don't know what we call them these days, but it was like, there were like four of them and like three of them became my clients. And I was kind of testing the idea of offering sales page copywriting and other services. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I'm working with like really big name clients. I can't just bring anyone into the mix. So I ended up bringing Sage in to kind of be a um, ghost. She wasn't a ghostwriter because she was like working with the client, but she would do the copy. I would work, you know, handle the client stuff. And then I would pay her, you know, a part of what I was charging for the service. Um, and we worked together on like, I think three projects. And from there, we just have stayed connected and in the space. And so I remember when we were at the event, I think that we were in the lobby of the hotel room and they Mm -hmm. had us, they were like, if you want to, if you need help with something, um, go, go here. So 
I went to your room. I don't know. It wasn't even a room. We were sitting like outside of the room. Yeah. It was like a lobby with where like all the refreshments were. And we were on the floor. And I remember, I don't remember what it was. I think it was about speaking. And I yes. I just remember that's where we connected. Or maybe yeah. you weren't even the leader of it, but I remember I was like, oh, oh, okay. I gotta, I gotta follow her and stay in touch with her is what I remember. But yeah. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and it was, I, I actually did a breakout because I was talking about speaking and, and you were there and it, several of the other women that I met at that event, which by the way, was one of the events that was like one of my last events that I went to yeah. in a really long time. And I've stayed in touch with so many women and the women, the woman that we're talking about is Sage Polaris. I had done an episode. We'll link to that in the show notes as well, because I did an interview with her. So she's going to tell some of her story about how she got started and her backstory. But it's so, what's so great about having you here on the show, Melissa, is so Melissa Berkheimer is a CEO. She's a conversion design director of Melissa Berkheimer Studios, and she's the host of her own podcast, The Design Business Show. And in her business, she designs and um, designs brands and creates buzz building strategies for product launches. And so, you know, we, there's so many threads that we can go in. And when we were talking earlier, I was like, oh my gosh, Melissa, this could be like a four episode series on everything that we could talk about. But what I love about this is you have an online history. You dated back to like 2012. I started online in 2010. And there's so much that's changed over the last couple of years. And yet we still all have the same issues that come up. How do we stand out online? How do we brand ourselves online? How do we how do we capture sales online? What are the things we need to be thinking about? And I'm so excited to dive into this conversation and pick your brain um, on this conversation today. So yeah, I'm excited and thank you for having me. Absolutely. So give me a snapshot. Like, what was it like for you when you first started business online? Um, so I first started my, took my business online, I would say in like late 2012, I started out doing freelance design in January of 2011. Um, and really that what that equates to is I was just going to networking events and I would work for anyone who would pay me because I didn't have graphic design experience. I couldn't find a full-time job or actually I was looking for a part-time job with flexible hours because I had small kids at the time who were four and nine and like I, finding childcare like for a part-time work, like it just wasn't, didn't make sense. And I couldn't find a part-time job. So I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to start freelancing then. Cause I don't know what else to do. I want to use my degree, which is in graphic journalism. And so, and 2012, sometimes someone had tweeted a webinar that Amy Porterfield had hosted and I didn't necessarily, I didn't, I went to that webinar and I'm so grateful for that person who tweeted it because it just like opened my eyes to what the online space was and could do. And I remember learning about a woman um, who was, I think, in a mastermind with Amy Porterfield, who I still follow to this day named Elizabeth Dialto. And I was working with a local fitness client and I wasn't working with Elizabeth Dialto or doing any of her marketing, but her sales pages and like the way that she wrote her stuff really connected to me. And I remember showing her stuff to a client being like, we could do this for you. And so I was working with her. Um, I was working with the local client, but like showing her 
Elizabeth D'Alto's website and like the possibilities was what helped get me more work from this client who actually came back to me in like 2018 for like a total rebrand. So that was kind of my first initial forte into it. Um, fast forward six months, I bought B-School. This was like January, 2013. no. I don't know. I'm getting the years mixed up, but long story short, I bought B-School, went to a mastermind event in California because I bought it through Elizabeth D'Alto's link. I met James Wedmore there. Um, that was May, 2013. That date I do now because it was like the first time I went to California by myself. It was the first time I'd ever left my kids. And it was the first time I'd ever went anywhere by myself. Like I was a total big girl. Um, I love it. And I, uh, I just remember wanting to go there and learn YouTube marketing strategies from them because like I was trying to like grow my brand as a designer online. And I was like, I'm emailing my list two times a month. And I'm like, I tried to launch a bunch of programs. Nothing really worked. And six months later, um, through connections I had made there, I ended up getting a project um, for Amy Porterfield's sales page. Now, the way I got that project was someone had liked a post I put on Facebook that Amy Porterfield had liked my Facebook page because I was in her Facebook marketing program at the time. And this all relates to James Wedmore was because um, I became Facebook friends with the person that liked that post. I'm not telling the story very well, and I'm really sorry. We'll clear this up. But long story short, that person posted on Facebook said, hey, I needed a graphic designer. DM me um, or like comment below. So I DM that person and said, Hey, I'm a graphic designer and would love to help. I didn't know anything about the project. There were actually two projects available. One was like branding for a skincare, um, company that was going to launch for some, from someone who had an online business. I did, a, I went through the whole free mock-up process. I did not get that project, but I did get the Amy Porterfield sales page project, but it wasn't from Amy Porterfield who didn't even know that I was working on it. And then, <laughs> So two months. So that was like my first foray into it. And I was like, wow, I'm really good at this sales page thing. Like, I didn't even know it could be a thing because people think I like chose it as a niche, but I'd say it chose me. And then two months later, um, I was in a, like a membership program with James Wedmore and he offered monthly hot seats. And I was still very new to the online space. And I am a slow implementer. I have to process and understand and feel confident. And then I implement, that's just like how I am. And there's no change in that. And I own it now, but my problem to James on a hot seat call was I'm working with all these local clients. They're paying me hourly for work as I need it. I'm making okay money. I wasn't really interested in like making a ton of money just because I live in Des Moines, Iowa. My husband had a good job and I was working part-time around like my kids activities and their school and stuff. And, um, but now I'm doing this sales page thing and I really love it. And his first, his response was not the response. He said, I would love to hire you. Mm. So he hired me and it completely shifted my business. Um, and I did a lot of sales pages for him. I ended up becoming his launch manager for several years. Um, did a lot of things in his business, managed teams, created systems, and it completely shifted what I wanted to do. So I got to see the behinds of his business as he got hit seven figures and then went beyond that. Um, and the last, one of the last projects I worked on him with was the launch of his course business by design. And I share this because, um, I think it's important to be in the room and I don't travel a lot for events. Cause I'm, I'm one of those weirdos who doesn't like to leave my kids. Um, still, I don't like <laughs> to travel to leave them, even though they're like almost pretty much grown now. And so, I just like showed up and like did the things I said I was going to do when I said I was going to do it. And like, 
coincidentally, they happened to make a lot of money with my sales pages because they were doing all the right things in the online space and they were hitting it when it wasn't super saturated. And, and, and again, at the time, a lot of those courses that were successful were social media courses because the organic reach was like a hundred million times better than it is now. So um, that's kind of how I got my start into sales page design. And since then, I've done a lot of different things, mentorship programs for designers. I have the podcast. I've had a mastermind for designers, accelerator groups. I have several di digital courses I've launched and some I've shut down. And now I'm kind of shifting my messaging to be more around branding your offers and just like looking at a sales page and like your entire product launch from like the big picture perspective. And I'm shifting into physical product space too. So it's, it's a fun, fun, shifty uh, time for me. I love this. Yeah. And I really love hearing your backstory because, I, and I want to unpack a couple of things, Melissa, because I think this is so important. Um, a lot of people want this instant success, right? Or we, 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 we sort of imagine people who are like, Hey, they just, it just happened for them. And, but what you're saying is similar to what I've always said to people is show up mm -hmm. and ask and, 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 don't forget to ask for opportunities or don't forget to, to present questions that might allow you to position yourself or be seen. Um, and the more that we do it, the more that we keep asking. And an example is, of this is I, I ask for speaking opportunities all the time. I'm not afraid to ask for speaking opportunities because I feel like I have something really important to say. And a lot of my clients will say, oh, I'm so, I don't want to do that. Or what do I, you know, like they get in their head around it or they get in the head of their head about, I'm not that far along in my business. Who's going to hire me? And I'm like, hold on a second. You just went so far down a rabbit hole, pull it back and stay in the opportunity or stay in the ask, which I think is so important because we're having this conversation about sales. It's like, ask. <laughs> right? Yeah. And it, it, it doesn't have to be as hard as we make it. Um, but I think what you're saying, which I love, is that you've you've really said this is what I am excited about, and I'm excited to talk about it, and I'm excited to present that this is what I'm excited about. I'm excited to position myself and mm -hmm. go places and network with people and keep showing up. Yeah, and look what it's done. It's led to these other yeah. opportunities. Yeah, and I find that too. Like when I'm being very like. I didn't go to, to the mastermind event to meet Elizabeth Yalto and James Wedmore mm -hmm. who were there to like get James Wedmore to hire me. I wanted to learn YouTube strategies. Um, I was just like pushing myself because everyone says that masterminding was like the thing that would like help you get success. I didn't necessarily get success from that event, but I changed how I needed to look at myself versus just like a little freelance designer. Um, I still look at myself as like a little podcast host. I don't really take myself very seriously. And I'm trying to shift the way that I talk about it because like my physical therapist told me the other day, she's like, that's very innovative. I was like, yes, I am innovative. But again, I didn't go to James Wedmore's hot seat question, wanting him to hire me. I was like, I don't know what, like, what do I do here? This is like a new territory for me. You know what I mean? And he saw me in the room and he knew that I was working with his peer and he was like, okay, well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to get her and get her to work with me. And then he ended up talking me into becoming his like launch manager and not working with any other clients for, you know, a period of time. 
But I think what I'm getting at is it's not that you were intentionally doing it. It's just no. that you did. And you intentionally, yeah. you went and did something, might've felt uncomfortable, like leaving your family and going out in there and doing it. But you saw an opportunity to do something for the growth of your business yeah. or for something that you could say, this can help my business. It, it just even in being in the room or masterminding with people. Or another thing is showing up and asking the question and saying, how can I do this? Like, or what... Uh, claiming that this is something that you are excited about being a sales page designer and something that you were excited about. And it was like, what do I do? And the fact yeah. that you show up and you ask the questions and you present yourself, I'm not saying you intentionally did that as much as a lot of people kind of sit back mm -hmm. and want the opportunities to come to them or want things to be figured out. But what I loved is that you got into the groove and you went and you let everything sort of continue to follow. Um, and then I'm sure you've been implementing and taking more. Yeah, definitely. Which is great. Um, this is, this is the part I see a lot of people struggle with is that this, in this phase and stage right now, there's a lot of mindset stuff around, well, you know, it used to be this, or like you, you referred to this earlier on. And I was, I started my business in 2010 and it felt like Nobody, like it didn't feel like the space was crowded. And it's exactly what we said, um, organic reach was so different, right? And now we're fighting to be seen or we're kind of like, you know, putting ourselves out there and we're not seeing some of the same results that we might've had 10 years ago. Yeah. And yet we still have incredible things to offer. Mm -hmm. maybe even more so in some cases, because we are seasoned and yeah. had chapters. And yet one of the things that we still need to do is position ourselves. Mm -hmm. And an area that you focus on is in the design side and in, in the sales side of the design side of yeah. positioning an offer. Um, can we, can we go deeper into this? Because yes. I love talking sales. Yes, definitely. So, why do you love designing sales pages or uh, launches or anything related to sales, online sales? Um, so the answer might not be what you think. Okay. I was not in love with sales page design per se. What I noticed was the clients that were hiring me again and again. And again, this is like the early 2014, 2015 days. Um, when I was working with Amy Porterfield and like Melanie Duncan and just like people like that, they were not hiring me for their brand design. Mm -hmm. They did not want a logo. They wanted a sales page because they were launching and they were focusing on the finding the offer and finding the launch strategy that was going to yield them results. Mm -hmm. And I, I really wish I would, would have been smart enough to ask all of the clients I've had, like how much money they've made using my designs as a part of the marketing strategy, but it's like probably, I know it's over seven figures, maybe eight or maybe even nine, you know, I'm not sure, but what I know is that that was what they were focused on. And I became really good at being able to see the big picture of like the launch strategy, but like all of the little details that come in with the sales page, because it can be one of the biggest projects in your launch, no matter what you're launching. And it requires a lot of attention to detail. And when you're, you know, trying to like 
do host webinars and do your Facebook ads and write your emails and like coordinate all the things with a team or without a team. It's a lot. It's a lot for some people. And being able to take this off of someone's plate just like worked really, really well for me. And there were several years where I was launching and I was, you know, doing webinars and building my email list and I'm still, you know, building my email list. I'll never not do that. But if I look at where I was the happiest working the least amount of hours, it was the easiest and the most profitable. It was, I was doing done for you work. So I stopped doing all of the launches and all of the pushing and let the attraction happen where like clients are coming back to me because there probably were only a hand, like I, probably five of the clients I've worked with that didn't come back to me for more than one sales page. Mm. They would always come back and back. And again, it refers back to that thing I talked about with like the experience I was providing. I made it easy for them. They made money. They I made their products look good. Kimra Luna is a really great example of this. She like like exploded in the online space. She took B school, I think in 2014. I met her at a mastermind that James held in like late 2014 that I had planned for him. And then um the next couple months, I designed a sales page for Kimra. She went from two combined launches of like a hundred K to like 780 something thousand dollars in revenue from the sales page. And I've met people at events when I like talk about my work and they like remember this sales page from 2015. And, you know, I remember, I just remember that kind of being like, I didn't understand the effect my work had until I like had met people at multiple events uh, one of them was Carolyn Soldos from Passion to Profits in 2016. And one was like in 2018, people were like, oh my gosh, I remember that sales page. Yeah, so I, yeah. I think that that kind of was like, for me, oh, this is a really, really great niche. But in the last couple of years, I've really wanted to shift because I felt like I've done a lot of what I could do just as primarily being a sales page designer in the launch world. So that that's a shift I'm like going through right now, which is like, fun and scary at the same time. So I don't know. Does that answer the question? I yeah. Really oh gosh. Know. I really, seriously, we could go in so many different directions, Melissa, because, you know, a lot of us are going through an evolution. We've been in the space for a long time and we, we either go back to something that we like, or we splinter off into another area, another zone. And, and I, and I love that you're being vulnerable and sharing some of that fact that it's a little scary because I did some of that myself. Um, but I, I'm going to go back to something that you pointed to, which was, I remember Kimberla, um, when she was launching and I remember how she was launching. And I remember sort of saying, you know, I didn't really see her in the space. And then suddenly I saw the brand of, uh, like her brand evolve and I saw her pages and I, I was like, wow, she really is, you know, you could see it was all coming together for her. And I remember that very, very distinctly. And I've seen that with, I saw that with James, you know, I saw that with, um, with Amy Porterfield. I've, I've seen it with many people uh, in the online space um, where a lot of people will make this assumption. Oh, you know, they just kind of like had success out of the starting gate. No. But what I don't think people really realize is that, you know, it's not only the sales page that does the work to make the money. And it's not only like one sales page is going to make all the money in the world, but having a good sales page is a very supportive 
component to selling online. And there, and there's like ways you can do it without having to invest. Like, it's almost like there's like levels of investment to, or development to get there. Um, before you, you know, you spend the highest end in a sales page, right? And then there's, I want a sales page, but I don't have the budget quite yet, but I still want to be able to sell online. So I know you have a gift, which I want to tell everyone, I want you to tell everyone about right now, because I think this is an important thing that the toolkit, could you, could you talk a little bit about that? Because I want people to have that and understand Um, and I'll just say that one thing about me in sales pages, a lot of people asked me to create a course for a long time. And I said, no, mm-hmm. because I don't think it's something that I could just teach sales page design because to have a good sales page, you have to have a good product. You have to have a good copy. Yep. You have to have an audience. You have to have a launch strategy. You have to have all these different things. So I came up with an idea, um, to create a sales page Trello board that's free. You do have to have a Trello account and I can't, there's nothing I can do about that, but um, in this Trello board, I've got a copy outline. I've got, um, there's examples of sales page designs. There's a process map. There's kind of like a step-by-step system you can follow to just kind of open your eyes to like the do's and don'ts, the ins and outs, um, of sales pages. There's a lot of great sales page courses out there. There's a lot of great, you know, things out there, but I don't feel like they cover all of the elements that you need. So what I, I think this one has a copy outline, a process map, um, like seven things you need to know about your offer and design sample. So it's kind of like an all encompassing thing to just like give you like a place to start and have like a reference point for your early stages of designing a sales page. This will also work for like, if you are someone who's like a VA or if you um, are going to hire someone to do a sales page, but you want to kind of understand like is this a good design? Like, cause like, if you're not a trained graphic designer or copywriter, like, how do you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of just gives you a reference guide to start with. And the link is just melissaburkheimer.com backslash sales page toolkit. Um, yeah. So that's what it is. Thank you for, for sharing that and creating it. And we're going to have the link in the show notes for everyone as well. Um, m- my sort of back end of this is when I first started in, in the online business, I really was a speaker mostly. And as, you know, as you know, like that was, and, and I had a tremendous amount of success in, in a sales career for many, many years in many different areas of sales. But so when I started selling online, I was like, uh, wait a minute, I have to be a copywriter. I have to be a designer. I have to figure out the back end to make sure that like, I don't understand any of this. And sort of naively, I just dove in. And I remember thinking to myself, I have no idea what I'm doing, but I did it anyway. And then I started paying attention to, you know, looking at examples of others and creating my own little sort of file of examples of sales pages that I liked as, as a place to start. Um, but I, I, I want to, I want to talk about another part of this too, Melissa, because you said something about a redesign a, a move in your own business. And we all know that having a good sales page is amazing. And I love that you do this. And I want everybody to go and check out what you do. Um, and I know that having a sales page, especially in the online space is important, but you were talking about an expansion or a bit of a rebrand in your own business. So yeah. please tell us more about that. 
Um, so I think that I mentioned earlier, like I had, I felt like I had done a lot of what I could do in the sales paid world. And I wanted to take the skills I had learned and apply them to other industries. Um, just because when I started designing sales pages, there was, you know, there wasn't a lot of technology available. There weren't a lot of people designing sales pages and things have just completely shifted. And it's much easier for someone to go out and do the sales page themselves or to like, you know, use like a pre-made template. Like that wasn't really available to us 10 years ago. It's completely different now. And just like for myself, I want, I am someone who needs to feel challenged. I need to like cross things off of a list. I need to get things done. And the thing I realized that I was doing within my sales page service, which I don't like regret, but I just knew that I didn't want to do it in the future was I was not just designing the sales page. I was helping them with like the content they were going to teach inside of their new group program. I was giving them copy tweaks. Like I wouldn't even design a sales page until I saw the copy. Mm -hmm. uh, not that I'm like, and I do, I have written some sales page copy, but I usually refer them to people like Sage because I, it's just like not my zone of genius. Um, and I would like help with like the launch strategy and I would help people with like ideas for like how to add revenue to their launch that like wouldn't necessarily take them a lot of like, output, you know, the ROI would be like much higher. And so, but I was never charging for that. And people saw me as like this unattainable, um, high priced sales page designer that I was like on their dream list to work with one day. And I just didn't really like the fact that I was giving away the kitchen sink, but charging for the faucet, but that people saw me as like, I'm charging a lot of money, which I was charging a lot of money, but they're, I really should have been charging, I believe, double what I was doing. And so I kind of just like sat and like, I sat in that and I ended up hiring Sarah Ashman just to do like a, like a strategy session. She's like a brilliant creative director in the space. And I said to her, like, I want to leave the online space. I want to do something different. And her response to me was like, why? Like, I don't understand this. And I was really just what it was is I was craving new experiences with new clients in new industries. And um, that was like a scary thing for me to admit, because like, again, I had made a name for my spit myself here. Um, but what that's done, what I've done in the last year and a half was a lot of just design projects that were not in the sales page space, because if I'm looking at these bigger places where I want to work, they don't know what a sales page is. You know what I mean? Like bigger brands, like I, I want to know, like who designs the graphics on my, like my fire TV. I want to get into that space. I want to use my skills. Like they split test those things. I just learned like all about that. And so, um, I really just like took on new design projects. I just recently designed Kendrick Shope's website, kendrickshope.com. She's like a sales mentor and she's like one of the favorite clients I've ever had. I did some brand design and like a website design for a project called the Warrior Cream Project where, you know, their mission is to empower AAPI women. I am an AAPI, you know, woman. So I've done just like these other projects in other industries. And what I, that really means I'm doing is like, I had to give myself the understanding of the process before I could just come out and say, Hey, I'm a brand designer. Because I said for years, I wasn't good at brand design, but in reality, that was a lie 
because I was creating a brand for people's products and services that they would often take the PSDs I would send them and then use it to create their website. Cause we design very cleanly. We design very much to your style. Like when I was working with James, I ended up working with Melanie Duncan. He referred me to them and they, you know, Melanie Duncan's brand, when she had, it was very clean. looks like it could be, you know, in like Vogue magazine. And they were like, okay, we don't want any cartoon rockets on our thing. So we were very good at adapting what they wanted their brand to be on the sales page, but I wasn't calling it that. So for me, the, like, I call myself now kind of the conversion design director, and I just want to help with like the big picture strategy. And I said, I wasn't going to do sales pages anymore, but I really just want to help people with like the bigger picture of their brand and their design specifically on the product launch side and not only in the online space. So like, I'm getting a completely new company name. Um, I'm not going to share yet. Cause I don't have like the trademarks and everything done yet. But the idea here is like, I'm creating something that, you know, I can grow into and like kind of fulfill a lot of the dreams. Like I want to create a mascara line. I want to like launch a journal. And I'm also in a phase of my life where like, I have a 20 year old who moved out a few months ago and I have a 16 year old who got a driver's license just like a couple of weeks ago. So I have been a very, like, I don't miss a basketball game. I don't miss a baseball game. I don't, I, you know, I, I did did design work the other day from a basketball game. Cause I was working on a magazine. Like it's, I am at a new phase of my life where I'm trying to prioritize myself and what I want and not be so focused on everybody else's needs first. And it's, it's like not an easy place to be in, but it's also like, okay, well, I didn't really post a lot on social media because I didn't know what to say. Mm-hmm. I could interview guests on my podcast and like carry a conversation. Like I can, that's very easy for me, but um, I don't know. I'm just in the midst of making the shift. And I'm like, it's been so clear to me now that I've gotten to test these design projects. Um, and yeah, so like, I'll still like grow my email list, but I think that in reality, no matter what opportunities you want to get, you have to grow your personal brand online. That could get you a nine to five dream job that could get you um, like, you know, your first five figure client. It doesn't matter what it is. That's kind of really what I'm focusing, focused on now. Um, and I'm in the brain space to be able to do it a year and a half ago. I wasn't there. I told Sarah, I like, we don't want to do this anymore. And she was like really confused. So we came up with like a new way for me to kind of position myself. And I'm just now, you know, 18 months later, ready to implement it. I hired a sales page or not, not sales page, but I hired a website copywriter last April. And I never moved through with the new design because I just knew that it wasn't there, but now it's so clear. Oh, that help? I don't know. Yeah. Melissa, I think what's really beautiful about your story and your journey through this is that um, it's like another phase in your growth. And so, you know, we, we, we sort of like, for some of us, we think, well, we figure it out. You know, we, we say, this is what we're going to do. And it takes all this effort to figure it out. And then you figure it out. And then you're like, why am I questioning this? When I'm, when I have success or when I've achieved something, or I might be making money. And I remember in 2019, I had my most successful year in business ever profitable, like profitable year in business. And, you know, and it wasn't like the years before weren't, but I also know I was the most burnt out I'd ever been. And I was truly questioning my path at that moment. But if you look at my bank account, if you looked at how much money I made, some people would say, isn't that a measurement of success because you made that amount of money during that year? But really internally, I was doubting, I was questioning, my path was feeling 
off a little. And one of the things I was wondering was, should I be teaching anybody to speak anymore? Because I'm not sure if I really want to have that as part of my business anymore, because really what I have left off the table is that I'm a strategist who helps people, most women figure out how to make a boatload of money. And most people were coming to me saying, I want you to help me figure out my signature talk. And I'm like, I don't really want to be known for that anymore. I want to be known for this, which is strategizing around how you're going to make money and be happy about making money. And so I got quiet. I had to figure it out. And I went internally. And then I was like, I don't know what to talk about anymore because people know me this way. And so I yeah. think we can sort of relate to some of the same. 100, 100%. And I will say too, that like, I was launching my own offers um, from about 2017 to like early 2021. And I always made money on my launches until January, 2021, when I dedicated an entire month um, to a new product I was going to launch. And I ended up like adding like 500 people to my list. I did a free course. I did like two affiliate, like, like people that like hate emailed their list for me. Um, I ended up getting like 11 applications for a new service and like a new coaching program I was going to do, um, called launch celebrity and no one joined. Mm. And I had put an entire month into like building the sales page and creating the offer. And like, again, adding 500 people to your list and not having people convert it, convert when I have the experience I have working with the clients I have, and I've always had had financial success um, from my launches was like the most heartbreaking thing that had ever happened to me. And I think I was trying to chase this dream that's kind of placed in front of us as a necessity of having a multi six figure or having a seven figure business. And those things are important, but like at the time as well, um, on all of 2020, not all of 2020, but yeah, most of 2020, I ended up having to take care of my dad who had heart failure, kidney failure, like anemia, you name it, he had it. And he lived on his own, bought a house without telling us, like my sister and I had to go move him back to Iowa from Florida so we could like take care of him in the last years of life. Well, she at 32 or 33 got diagnosed with triple negative breast cancer. So, and I, when we did his like trust and like the, the end of life stuff, um, I was the business person and she was the medical person. Cause I don't like blood. I don't like any, like, I'm not a, I'm not a medical person. So it was, a it was a time in the business, you know, during COVID when everyone's at home, my son's supposed to be graduating high school. He just goes to work full-time literally when they get out of school in March, you know, cause they have to finish online. And I'm ha now, instead of working, like dedicated most of myself to my business and my family, I'm now stretching myself to go take him to all of his doctor appointments, to fill all his 19 pills every day for every week that he had to take them and relay the notes from the kidney doctor to the heart doctor. And like, it was just like, took over my life. And like, he had ended up doing dialysis and I had to go drive him because, you know, he really shouldn't be driving. And so that for me was like, that I actually started therapy at that time too. And I'm so grateful I did because like it healed the things within me, 
like about my dad leaving when, you know, we were little, cause like my mom raised us, my, not my dad and he moved to Florida, but like, you know, like he was the, my mom was the primary parent, but he wasn't around. Like we didn't see him until for like five years. And so I just like healed all of that stuff and really got to understand why he left and what he did because he was only knew how to be a provider. And I was able to forgive him for that stuff. And so he passed away in April of 2021 and so I'm going through all of this, these yeah. business things, and I'm trying to like force things to happen. And I believe that that needed to happen to me to really help me step into my zone of genius and understand that done for you work is the way that I want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like he passed away, like I said, in April of 2021, I took a few weeks off after that, but then it's like, okay, how do I come back to business now? What do I want to do? And it was that August after he passed away where I was like, okay, I can breathe. And I realized this like, is just not launching is just not for me at this point in my business. I believe if I would have hired more support in my launches early on, um, like before I was ready, I probably would have saw more success. And I always, like I said, I always made money and I love the designers I was mentoring. Um, I met so many great people and I'm still like in touch with a lot of them. A few of them I've hired to like do stuff with me in the business. Um, and so I just think that we all go through things and it's not really often talked about enough. Like there's a movement on TikTok right now about how, like, if someone has, if there's a man that has a successful job, well, why are we not giving his wife credit who's staying at home, taking care of the kids and managing the house? And that's like what I've been doing. Not that I don't have a, a partner that helps, but um, yeah, I'm just like, I've gone through a lot and it's, um, I was, I was, I was never had lost anyone close to me, but I was very, very much at peace with my father's death because I feel like he had outlived what he was supposed to do, surviving colon cancer and surviving all these things. And I believe he willed himself to live until my sister was cancer free. Mm, wow. Cause he, cause he, he had like, when he moved to Iowa, his heart was at like functioning at like 30%. And he had just survived like colon cancer surgery to remove the tumor and never had colon cancer again. It was just like, but again, I was kind of thrown into that with that not being like, I think certain people have different roles in the family. I am the business person. I will talk to my bazillions of Indian aunties and uncles and cousins, like not my sister. That was, she was supposed to do that, but she was not in a place to do that because she was going through chemo herself. And I'm like, Lord, I thank God for therapy at that time. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. This is such a great conversation, Melissa. I'm so happy we're doing it because it's sharing and another side of business. Um, it's, it's not, you know, it's not all about business strategy. It's not all about, you know, this revenue goal. It's what goes on behind the scenes when we're operating a business while also having a life. And, um, I'll tell you in my, I mean, I can go into this a whole other episode, but in, in my mind, there's, I, I had a shift in 2019 of, I've proven I can make great money in my business, but I need to move into a whole other way of thinking and being and feeling. And that was presented in 2020. And it was like, okay, what are your priorities in 2020? And that's what was sort of presented to me at that time. And one of the books that I talk about all the time, um, which I'll link in, it's called Big Fish. um, And it's by a woman named Carolyn G. Nuttall. Um, and I read this recently, a friend of mine um, sent it to me, but it really just helps me remember that I'm on a mission and, and 
and the money follows my mission now, as opposed to before I felt like I had reversed it for a really long time. And I think that we do that in an early stage of business, because that is what we need to do. We do need money in order to be able to stay in business. But at some point, it it kind of the table turns a little bit. And it's like, wait a second, I, I've achieved this revenue goal or these levels of success, but I also am shifting the priorities around. And so for me personally, it was like, I'm on this mission now to help more and more women take the complication out of making money and being able to step up and out and make a really big difference doing the work that they do in the world. And not to say that I it wasn't there before, but it's how I wake up every day. Like, am I going yeah. to make a difference in a woman's life? That's yeah. Like I want to feel complete yeah. at the end of the day and whatever that looks like. Yeah. And when you explained to me kind of your shift at the beginning of before, when we were chatting before we hit record, I was like, that's like, so in alignment for what the industry needs, because not a lot of people are talking about that specific niche when you like, you're at a point in your life where maybe you can give yourself the space, but then you have to practice giving yourself the space, but then you also have to pay your electric bill. You know what I mean? So it's, um, I think the work is really important and I really love that you're kind of niching there. Cause like I am, I just had kids young and, um, I'm kind of there. Well, I am there. I don't say kind of there. I am there. So I think (laughs) that the work is really, really important. Well, uh, uh, for those listeners who don't know what we were talking about is that really we're in claiming a space and why I call myself the midlife CEO is I started my business at 44 and I had for years and years and years of my life been pretty successful in business, but I never really loved what I was doing. I was really good at it in corporate and I did it and I bring all the skills over, but I knew at 44, I was too young to retire and I was going to have multiple, I was going to have another chapter. I wanted this chapter to be the one where I got to do what I really love to do and made a difference. And I have clients who are in their 60s and 70s who are making a lot of money and they're not stopping. And they're incredible examples for me to say, hey, I don't have to stop. Why why can't I keep going as long as I'm finding joy and making the difference I want to make? And that's what I'm trying to do is give permission to more women to say, keep going. Like, yeah, let's, let's, let's claim this chapter and really do some incredible stuff. So, yeah, no, I love and it. And I'm happy we get to talk about, you know, yes. all the things that we think about here. Um, Melissa, it's just a, a real um, gift to have you here today and have this conversation. Uh, I would love to conclude by having you leave our listeners with something that they can take away about selling in this online space or, and, or branding themselves, um, you know, something that maybe they think right now they need to be doing, but maybe like a shift in what they think or can do that can help them today. Yeah. So there's a couple, I'm going to leave you with two. And the first one I'm going to say, when it comes to branding, when it comes to design, when it comes to your offer and really everything, make it easy for people to buy from you. Right. Like no matter you don't you like you can have like the most simple website with just like a white background and like black text. 
and like, just tell people what they're going to get. Talk about the benefits, talk about the features, talk about the actual deliverables within your course, product, service, mastermind, coaching program, mascara, uh, garment you're going to sell. Just like make it so easy for them. Um, that's like the first thing I'll say, like, that's kind of going to be like my new motto. I've been saying it for years. And then the second thing is, is like, from like a big picture, like public relations and like branding perspective, if your favorite TV show, talk show host, the today show live with Kelly and Ryan, whatever it is called you tomorrow and said, I want you to be on my guest on my show next week. Mm -hmm. Would you be ready? Mm. would you know what you were supposed to talk about i would not have been ready a year and a half ago i would just talk about sales page design but now in the new direction i'm going like i know exactly what i would talk about and um i liked i know that people don't like them and they're really mad at like them right now especially for like all the balenciaga stuff but i like to look at kim kardashian as an example she has her clothing line she has been like a personal brand person like doing you know appearances and modeling and things for all kinds of shows she had the beauty line she's got the tv show she's she's now got a like venture capitalist firm she's doing all of these different things and she's showing us what's possible again i know people don't like them but if you look at what she's doing like she's showing us that like you can be known for a lot of different things and um still be successful Thank you for this. Um, I'm going to add one thing to what you said was if you were called, and this is to all the listeners listening today, if you were in fact called to be, you know, on a show or to state what you want to state, um, whatever it looks like, radio, TV, a podcast, someone knocked at your door and said, this is the opportunity you've been looking for and it's here. My invitation to everyone is say yes and figure it out afterward. Um, you will get ready after you say yes. But that's the thing that I always ask everyone to do is A, jump in <laughs> because then things will follow and you can figure everything else afterward. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, so uh, to all the listeners, um, again, Take notes on this episode, listen to so much, you know, we're two women who are having a conversation about having been in this online space for a long time. And you don't have to stay exactly where you are, you can figure out your journey as you go and it doesn't have to stay the same way tomorrow, as it might have been a year ago. Um, you can evolve. And that's what the two of us are talking about as well. Be in the online space, don't step away from it. Yeah. Sell, figure out your strategies, have a sales page, make your offers, um, go and download the sales page toolkit. The link will be below. Follow Melissa, listen to her podcast. Um, and if any of you are here today and you're thinking, you know, I'm really struggling with how I'm going to grow my business and make the money that I want to, and what that looks like for you, hop on over to geniespiro.com. I help my clients First, look at what they're needing to do versus what they're doing so that they can start making more money in their business faster. So hop on over there. If I can be of help, I would love to. Melissa, thank you again for being here. It's truly a pleasure and a joy to have you. Thank you so much for having me. And I really, it was a blessing and I love the work that you're doing in this world. So go out there, everybody, and get it done. 
Thank you. Good. Okay. And everyone have a really good uh, time until I see you on the next episode. I'll see you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Midlife CEO Podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe and give us some stars and a favorable review at Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen in.